Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on any and every platform you use to engage with us. This episode is the last episode that will drop in 2022, and we could not let the year close out without reviewing and recapping a particular movie that had its 40th anniversary this year, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. E.T. is a 1982 science fiction film produced and directed by Steven Spielberg and written by Melissa Matheson. The, the film stars Dee Wallace, Henry Thomas, Peter Coyote, Robert McNaughton, and Drew Barrymore. The movie made $794.9 million on a budget of $10.5 million. E. I'm sorry, can you repeat those numbers again? <laughs> I sure will. And the it was, movie, that, that's in... 19, in the 80s, in the 80s. Those people are $794.9 million on a budget of 10.5 million. Wow. E.T. remained in one of the top two box office positions from June to October of 1982. Wow. By the end of its theatrical run in 1983, the film had surpassed Star Wars as the highest grossing movie of all time. Okay. And in fact, it was the highest grossing movie of all time worldwide until Spielberg's Jurassic Park in 1993 was released. And so E.T. was nominated for nine Academy Awards and the film won four Oscars at the ceremony, best original score, best sound, best sound effects and editing and best visual effects. You know, for some, these details we've shared would be enough to make this movie a classic. About today, we will determine whether it is a classic from the right perspective. We'll do a recap, discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. But we got to start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright. I'm <laughs> do you all see? I need, I'm happy, happy that people got to see that. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> I am happy that people got to see that. This is this a story is of my life. Talk about <sighs> for the next six months. This is just, a story of my life. Okay. <laughs> now, Brittany, with your permission, I would like to introduce myself. I'm Janiah Wright. I'm the middle. <laughs> Anyone else? Are there any other hosts that need to be introduced? Did we get everyone? Hello, I am Brittany Wright, <laughs> and I am the driving force behind this entire family, oh. the youngest. Oh boy. Hashtag, you're welcome. All right. Well, you know what? All I have to say is I, 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 I'm happy we're doing this movie for many reasons. I'm also, but I'm really happy because the main character is a middle child. And we get to see in this movie what it means when, you, when, when the middle child has something important to contribute and offer and how people treat that middle child. Or when the middle so, child is brainwashed by an alien. <laughs> As we get into discussion, you know, before we get into discussion, you know, we pick a voting symbol that we will use to rate the movie. And we always pick a voting symbol that is inspired by the movie itself. And then at the end, then we use that to just to that we vote to determine whether the movie is, is a classic from the right perspective. And I have one to recommend to you all. And so I would like to recommend as our voting symbol, the, the flowers, the, the potted flowers, the flowers in the pot. So why the flower pot? No. So first of all, you know, the aliens, <laughs> you know, the extraterrestrials that we saw, the creatures that we saw that, you know, ETs, you know, um, comrades, <laughs> what they were actually doing, it appeared was, was studying plant life. Right. It looks like that's what they were doing here, here on earth. Like they were some kind of botanists or something, you know? And so the other thing is, as I was reading up on the trivia uh, for this movie, it turns out that Steven Spielberg conceptualized ET as being like a plant based form. Um, and so even as they were designing his insides, which are visible at some points, like when his heart is glowing, they were using as inspiration, the structure of, of plants. Mm. And so he is a plant in the terms of the way that they have thought of what ET was. Mm. Um, the other thing about the flower pot is that it was the first time we saw ET's powers, right? We knew he was an extraterrestrial clearly, but we saw him just with his eyes almost and with his mind bring a plant back to life. 
And after he did that, he remained connected with that plant, um, almost like spiritually for the remainder of the movie. And so when he was feeling sick, the plant started to die and wither. When he was feeling well and was happy, the plant came back to life. And so he had a connection to that plant, you know? And, um, and then at the end of the movie, they actually give him the plant to take with him. And so I recommend the flower pot as our, um, like the, the potted flowers as well, our is, voting that symbol. That's very deep. That's very that's deep. deep, yo. Without taking away from the amazing essay you just gave us. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that the uh, Arisa's piece of Reese's Pieces was pretty obvious. Mm, that's a good one. Man, we should have did better planning. Because at the end, if we did that, we could all have Reese's Pieces. And if we were given it a classic, we could have ate it. Like, Right. Oh, that would have been good, bro. And I like the Reese's Pieces as an idea because um, it was what unified them. You know, it was yeah. how Elliot was actually able to entice um, the you know ET to 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 reveal himself. It was like I, a trail of Reese's pieces. And can I get deep for one second? Yeah, I also bro. like this movie felt very innocent to me yeah. from a more Love innocent that. time. And it, it's amazing where you can see an insult like penis breath <laughs> and think to yourself, "Wow, this was a more innocent time." Yeah, <laughs> but it was. Yeah, but it was, and that. You and know, they contemplated using profanity and decided not to. Yeah. Piece of candy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bro, I love that you just said that because one of the things that they were so thoughtful about in this movie was um, shooting it from a child's perspective. Oh. They were very intentional about that. And so Steven Spielberg shot most of the film from the eye level of a child to further connect with Elliot and E.T., Wow. Right. Like, so they were trying very much to build the world from the child's perspective, you know, um, even in the way that they filmed it, the film was shot primarily in sequential order because Spielberg believed that the child actors would be most effective if the, if the story was real to them. Mm. You know what I mean? He wanted to get natural and spontaneous performances. Some of the best lines in there that are most memorable were the children improvising. You know, like they when so um, when Gertie, the character played by Drew Barrymore, when she said, I don't like his feet, you know, and that, that, was, line, that, was, that was an improv, that oh. was ad-libbed. And also the line where her brother is like, E.T. can only talk to, he can only be seen by children when he was trying to trick her into believing <laughs> that the mom could see it. And she said, give me a break. That was ad-libbed. Wow. But that they were cultivating that on the set, really encouraging the children to give their genuine reactions to things and and just taking um, steps to make sure that. Um, so, for example, the character of E.T. was never seen on set with puppeteers, you know, and they never seen in the actors that were playing um, E.T. They were never seen not in costume by the child actors. Really? And it was just in order to maintain the facade that the alien character was real. That's how much they were trying to, to cultivate the, the wow. childlike spirit. Bro. So basically you're saying my, my idea was even better. I gotta say, you there's something to it. There's something to it. All right, so we got, we got the potted flowers and the Reese's Pieces as options. Sis, what voting symbols would you recommend? Did you come up with any? <laughs> well, we already know if you've been listening to our podcast, I just came up with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love the, uh, it. Just E.T.'s finger and it lighten up. The... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Lit> finger. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you at the end of the hey, movie. It's not bad. It's, it's not, not bad. bad. At it's the end bad. of the movie, when he put his finger up here and said, I am here <laughs> to Elliot. I was like, E.T. just got deeper. Are you talking about Elliot's third eye? I said, hold on now. Hold <laughs> on, E.T. I said, wait a minute. Yes, that's good because I'm, in my I'm mind, pumped. like, so first of all, we saw that glowing finger serve as a healing tool. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Elliot got a little cut. Elliot, and then E.T. used his healing finger. Bam, cut, gone. Okay. Gone. And then 
when uh, at the end, when he that scene you're talking about, sis, it's the last scene in the movie. Did, when he pointed to his head and said, I am here, does that mean he's going to continue to be emotionally and psychologically connected? I wonder. Mm. I wonder they let that open. It's so open. Yeah, so th that's another good one. Whoa, we got three good Whoa. options. So in terms of deciding who should make this decision, who should pick? I, again, Elliot, just in, from a birth order perspective, you know, he was the middle child. And so I think that, you know, it is the right thing to do for me, Janiah Wright, the middle child to make this selection. Can you all get on board with that this once? Fine, fine, Can I be liberated fine. this one time in our relationships? Fine. Which Thank I you. really want podcast land to know that we consistently do whatever Janiah tells us. <laughs> I just Brittany, what? Brittany, it's only been Everyone. like that. It's only been like that for 40 years. Okay. Yes, Everything. 40 okay. stinking little years. While she's up here giving her lies and fallacies. I've been mute and scoring. That's all y'all need to know. But um, y'all, I gotta say, Aubrey, that the Reese's pieces. I gotta say, I think, I think that's it, y'all. I think the Reese's pieces is it because again, it's that childlike aspect of the movie that's intentional and also um Aubrey pointed out as we were um preparing to to record the podcast that um that you know Reese's Pieces really received like a a, a bump in sales as a result of right. of this of this movie and so I looked that up and what actually happened was um you know originally the movie was they wanted to use M&M's and the candy, candy manufacturer for M&M's, Mars, they didn't want their product in the film because they thought the E.T. character was hideous. <laughs> and, they, and they, thought it, it. they thought it was scared children. You know? No. Um, it and it so, was an ugly little alien. I think this little poop ball, this shiny little poop ball. Like, Who thought of this? And so then, little poop ball. It, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't. Mm -mm. But after, after he got they got the shutdown from Mars. They went over to Hershey in order to see if they could use their similarly shaped can candy, which was the Reese's Pieces. And they were, they got the green light. And as a result of that product placement, they received a huge spike in sales. One website said it was over 65% and another website said 300%. Wow. Let's go with the Reese's Pieces, y'all. That was a good one, bro. Good choice. Yeah, let's, do it. let's do it. I'm down. Yay. All right, so now let's get into our recap. And for those that are new to The Right Perspective, we do a spoiler-filled recap because our content is generally quite old, okay? And also some people just like enjoy the podcast, but they haven't actually seen the content, but they just still want to be down with the podcast. So we do a recap, but it's full of spoilers. <laughs> and if anybody else wants to be down, <laughs> okay. like, share, and subscribe. All right, see, like you all get another picture of it. It's just... It's just the ongoing abuse. <laughs> so our movie takes place in a suburb in California. And it was in real time. So it was in about 1981 or 1982. Mm -hmm. And a 10-year-old boy named Elliot Taylor, played by Henry Thomas, hears something in the shed in his backyard. He thinks it's a dog, his dog. But when he tosses the ball into the shed and the ball gets tossed back, he realizes something is up. It turns out to be an extraterrestrial that had been left behind when his ship that seemed to be here just to study our plants had to leave Earth abruptly to evade government officials. Elliot and the creature are drawn to each other, and Elliot eventually entices the alien to come to his room using Reese's Pieces. And he names the, the, the creature E.T., extraterrestrial, and they begin to bond. After Elliot introduces E.T. to his older brother and younger sister, E.T. begins to pick up on certain words so that he can communicate with them. He also forms some kind of psychological and emotional bond with Elliot. Elliot can feel everything that E.T. feels. And what E.T. is feeling more than anything else is the longing to go home. The kids help E.T. to gather random tools and electronics and gadgets to build a, a communicator that E.T. uses to phone home, a phrase he learns and repeats a lot 
throughout the movie. Okay, quite a bit. I mean, it's so funny. Throughout the movie, E.T. displays more than just this superior engineering intelligence. He makes objects and people levitate. He healed the cut on on Elliot's hand with just a simple touch of his glowing finger. And he brings a plant back to life with just his mind. As the days go by, E.T. starts to look and feel sick. And because they are connected, so does Elliot. The children realize the urgency in getting E.T. home. And due to Elliot's illness, they are forced to let their mom in on the secret because they need help. And by then, however, it's too late. The government officials have tracked E.T. to the Taylor family home. And they come in with hazmat suits and lots of machines. And they take over the house. They question the family. And they put the very sick Elliot E.T. under observation. As E.T. begins to to die, his link to Elliot breaks, and Elliot recovers almost immediately. The scientists try to save him, but eventually E.T.'s heart does stop beating, and they declare him dead. They give give Elliot a few minutes alone to grieve with E.T.'s body before they start the cryopreservation process. E.T. is already in a body bag and a mobile freezer. Just then, Elliot sees E.T.'s chest begin to glow red and his eyes fly open. Phone home, he says repeatedly. His people have returned for him. Elliot hides E.T.'s recovery from the scientists by covering him in a blanket and closing the freezer. And he runs to his older brother to make a plan. They wait until E.T.'s freezer is loaded into the van. And then Elliot and the older brother who had just only just learned he had just started learning to drive he had actually only driven backwards to this point he had never <laughs> driven forwards before and he wasn't good at that the only thing his mom ever good. let him do was back to the end of the driveway that was the only thing he had ever been allowed to do and so um but Elliot and the older brother they managed to steal that van and they put the pedal to the metal okay so Elliot and his brother, they manage with with help from some of their friends and some levitation support from E.T. to get E.T. to the landing site to meet his ship. As they say their tearful goodbyes and E.T. boards the departing ship, E.T. lets Elliot know they will always be connected no matter what. The end. Yeah, I just felt like I just felt like I watched it. I just felt like I just felt like I watched it again. <laughs> so good. Well, let's get down to the popcorn. Yeah, get down to the meat and potatoes. How this movie? Is let's get to the about. meat and potatoes. This movie is about bad kids. That's what this movie is about. What? <laughs> this movie is about some kids that need a woman. First you? of all, ET. You're supposed to be in the woods picking up dirt, grass, trees, plants. What are you doing? You are at least a mile away from the ship. How do you know how Getting old mes- E.T. is? Getting mesmerized by How do you life. know how old E.T. is? Ten today. He is what? ten today. E.T. is ten. Let me tell you something. <laughs> how you know he's ten? He's I ten million. How you know he's ten? He is ten Today. Today. Today he said. They never told me an age in the movie, so I'm allowed to do what I want to do. All right. So he said. You know you can't be out here going all the way to the edge of the cliff. Brittany, what if they live to to be 100 million? But guess what? (laughs) Guess what happened? E.T. learned his lesson. Baby, that ship was gone. (laughs) They they waited for him. They waited as long as they could. They were like, well, you know, I guess he'll make the next one. We come to the same spot every 10, every year, okay? For the last 10 million years of his life. And these little disobedient children, they're ordering pizza they weren't supposed to. Nobody told them to do that. They're out here messing with aliens, bringing them into the house, doing all these different things, faking sick for school. I said, you know what? These little mischievous aliens and children, I loved every second of it. But I was cracking up like, E.T., you would have never got caught. If you would have just stuck to the plan. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, what actually what they what they do in the movie is you see all of the other extraterrestrials that are on this that are with the ship, they're really focused on the plant life. But ET is looking at the city lights. He's mesmerized by the landscape. He gets distracted. And he's so far from the ship that when they put out the call for them to gather, which is like they call with their heart, 
like their hearts, all their chests glow red when it's time to head back to the ship. He was too far. He was just so what far. happened? The government officials, yeah, they, they were already there. Him. And what happened? He had to hide, but you he can't did. hide if you have a red glowing chest. You can't hide in the woods. Mm. Yeah, that was hard. That part was hard to see. Was, you felt so bad, you know? I felt so bad for him, but I was also like, it's kind of your fault. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you one thing? You got left. On, <laughs> on this topic, I, I really miss movies from back in the day. I really do. Mm. And one of the things I loved about this movie is they didn't try to um, hash out every detail. Like they gave you a little bit. Yeah. Like we know that the dad's in Mexico and it's having some ramifications bad in the house the parents are separated you're separated the dad's in mexico mm-hmm. oh but, i thought they were divorced they're only separated well the well, mother said to the police okay. officers we're recently separated okay, okay yeah so but the point is they don't get into exactly what happened mm-hmm. you know like there's no scientists explaining no et's race of no alien. you know what i mean it's we didn't need all, all that we don't need it's just it's like, from no, the kids perspective that. and not you only know that, and not only that in a movie you're seeing a snapshot of, of a timeline yeah so it's like you don't need everything explained leaving th- some things a little mysterious is even better you know what i mean yeah in, 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 a, in yeah. a lot of ways and it lets you just enjoy this movie as a chunk and I like detail and lore, but how many times are you watch? I, I just got done watching his Dark Materials, okay? The TV show or HBO. I've only uh, seen a promo for it and I thought it was too much for me. It's called Dark Material? His, his Dark His Dark Materials. Okay. I, I will, I would be actually interested to hear y'all's thoughts on that. Hmm. I, I actually would. And, and once you start watching it, you will see why. But- um, the point is, is that after I got done watching it, I had to go do almost as much research. It, it, I enjoyed it. Yes, I know but what you mean. Definitely, but like to fully, these universes are so detailed. And, yes. You know, all this stuff going on. You feel like you're missing something. Yeah. Like at the end of ET, I didn't feel like I missed anything. I feel like I saw the whole a story moment in time yes. of, of what was happening so i really enjoyed that but see you know what even when you were talking though earlier sis it was funny in my mind my mind was doing a bunch of things like oh my goodness et was a message to us because see he's plant-based i said hold on and then watching him eating all these things that were not plant-based potato salad drinking beer um just all these different things and how his body was reacting and how yeah. when he wasn't home he wasn't connected to home how he started to die mm-hmm. and i was just like oh good point when you were sick when you were saying it i was like oh let me go eat my kale when i, I get just... off of here even talking about that like i love how we don't know exactly what it is mm-hmm. we don't know what the red glow nope. is we don't know how he got saved we don't know how this uh, telekinesis works between Mm -hmm. him and Elliot. You know, we don't know why he died. Like, we don't know. We got an idea. Mm -hmm. Just like the people in the movie would just have an idea. That's right. Just like you're going through the uh, uh, whole scenario with them. You know, you're going through right. And you're experiencing almost in the same way that they would. Like, Bro, I'm just so happy you said that. It's such a good point. Gosh, I didn't even think about that. And, you know, what you're making me recall, bro, is the authorities, the way that they filmed the authorities. We never saw their full bodies or the details of them. You know, they were always in silhouette or we were just seeing like their legs or their hands. Their keys. Their keys. That one man with his keys. They were clearly, you know, the authorities looking for the extraterrestrials, but we didn't get the details of them. And in fact, we didn't see 
any of their faces until they actually came to invade the home. They were so really they had made the authorities a force, a presence without giving them so much energy in the movie, bro, mm -hmm. because it wasn't like they had their own little conversations. Right. We never heard them talk. You know, they, they we don't even know what agency they came from. It wasn't mm -mm. it wasn't important, you know? So, bro, That's you're right. just yeah, you're you're really just giving me a whole, you know, another way to kind of uh, to understand and appreciate their intentions and yeah. the way that they shot the movie. But bro, it's surprising to me that you did not see this movie before watching it for the podcast. How can that be? Because you know, it was it was our era of childhood. It's a very good point because there was a lot of ET lunchboxes. It was on television. And, you know what I mean? You know, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It just never, it just never really. I liked action movies sure. and like, you know, karate. And but you Kung were into Fu Star and, Wars, bro. That's why to me it doesn't like battles. Right. <laughs> okay, got it. And 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 laser and laser guns. Okay. And explosions. In fact, okay. the Death Star got blew up twice. So <laughs> you know, so that those were so I'm not I knew I wouldn't have had anything negative. Yeah. Other than we were talking briefly, but like the video game, maybe that subconscious experience. When the move when the video yeah. game came out, you got that real time. Yeah, I got that that well no, because the video game came out before the movie. As a matter of fact, that it was five. It was first of all, ET is a horrible. It's so bad. The game is so bad. I almost want everybody to play it so you can <laughs> experience. Like it's like what is going on here? And I do remember that because when I got my Atari twenty six hundred, the twenty six hundred from Atari, Ooh. it was. When I got the, the 2600, um, back when you can appropriate and it was all good because it was a 2600 Atari rap and it got me and I wanted to, I wanted one, it worked. So <laughs> y'all gotta look up that commercial. But um, anyway, one of the games- Bro, I it was a rap. Can you perform it for us? Just so we'll know when we, that when we find the commercial, it's it. Just give us a sense, I'm give us a tablespoon. Know, I'm gonna let you know, if I knew the lyrics, I would- <laughs> I just I just remember the last the last line because it was it's the 2600 from Atari. I just remember that. And like, That's enough. We'll take it. That's and, all we need. That's all and, we need. That's enough. That's well, it. Let me see. The fun is back, as you can see, with the 2600 from Atari. Still under 50 bucks, but wait, there's more. There's a So when I got amongst all the games, you know, Asteroids, all these different games, one of them I had was E.T. And I was excited to play it, but that game was horrible. So maybe that, and as a trivia, E.T., the video game, is widely understood to be the worst video game <laughs> of all times. It's, it's what made understood. it so bad? That's it what I'm trying just, to understand. Well, when you had, you didn't, Read the games didn't come with instructions, and even if they did, I mean, you know, they would be the point of the game is figuring it out, and it was just you were just meandering around <laughs> as you couldn't figure out what you were doing. I couldn't figure out how to beat it, I couldn't figure out how to get to the next board, you know. To figure, and well, you I, know what? That sounds like the best game, then, because that is exactly what. E.T. was doing. <laughs> well, it's the it's the never ending game for She's sure because you, you can't She's really back. play it. <laughs> you can't really play it. That's what kid. happens when you don't get on the ship. When you're what? not around the ship, you yeah, meander. Yeah, meandering to and fro. <laughs> well, listen, I want to just get into something that's very important and we need to talk about it right now. 
which is how I was cracking up and peeing my pants during most of this movie. And Britt, this is your first time seeing it too, right? This is my first time seeing it in full. Okay. I've seen it on TV, but even then, right. But even then, I don't think I actually paid attention because I didn't know until I was watching it. Now I said, oh, him and E.T. are connected. I was like, oh, so I really, I haven't seen this movie because I was like, or maybe I saw it and just missed that. Yeah. Um. So, but also it came out when I was young Um. and I'm more- No, it came out before you were born. Right, before frankly. I was born. Yeah. And me, I didn't, was never like a sci-fi person. Not that I hated it or something. I would watch it, but I wasn't like, you know, I watched Star Trek and stuff like that when it was on TV, but like, you know, Homeboys in Outer Space. but never uh you know was into it so but this so i was cracking up let me tell you something i I I rewound it at least three times and i plan to watch it several other times when drew barrymore met et when she started screaming he started, he started screaming. <laughs> and then the I, older brother started screaming. Brittany, this is funny to us as adults yes. in 2022. In 2022. I can I imagine that the theater must have been. They were rolling. They, they must had have to been be rolling. Listen, at that, that, point. that part when she they are pushing them into the closet so the mom doesn't find them. <laughs> he, Walks behind her. With <laughs> I was like, "Easy, why are you doing that?" Or when, or when, what when, when, when she, what? when all the stuffed animals were in the closet. <laughs> yes. Easy, how did you just notice? <laughs> you know what's funny? That was also the moment where I really let go and enjoyed the movie even more because. I started asking questions. This is not a movie you can ask questions. Don't that defeats ask the purpose. Yes. So it, it was like I, it, like I um, I just watched Home Alone on Christmas. Yeah. And like, if you think about this movie, it's ridiculous. You cannot think about Home Alone. Yeah. And, and, and it's ET is one of those movies. Yeah. You know, it's like it's one of those movies you can't be like, why do you have on spacesuits when you first get to the house? And then you know, <laughs> you know, like what is going? So you got, you got to just. And Listen. right then, I was thinking, how did he know to exactly place all of these stuffed animals? But I was like, stop it! That is just funny because he is just sitting there yeah, in the middle of stuffed animals. What is happening? And when that's the other part, because I was like slightly annoyed whenever the spacesuit man came through the window. I was like, there are several other entrances you could several. use. I was like, why are you coming through the window? But it all made sense to me when Janiya said that Spielberg was trying to pitch, uh, tape it through the eyes of a child. So even mm. if there was one spacesuit man to come into the building, children are going to be like, there were hundreds of spacemen and they were trying <laughs> to get ET. And I just wanted to say, so that that part was funny. What was also funny was when ET, he died, but then he was coming back to life. And he was telling him to be quiet. And E.T. was like, Yo, no, was- I missed this spaceship before. I am not missing it again. E.T. <laughs> yeah, he, was, so, he was so excited. He was. When, when Elliot went into, because I was like, these are amazing children actors. He put the blanket on top of them. He zipped them back up. He's like, E.T., be quiet. And then he put his head over it. started crying. <laughs> yeah, really loudly. No. <laughs> 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 But I, I'm telling you, I was I was laughing out loud when he was like, "Found him, found him." Found him. <laughs> <laughs> found him. Found him. Found him. Found him. He was so excited. He was just like, <laughs> "He was like, no, like, I was like, you don't get it." He yeah, <laughs> and that's that. Drew, Drew Barrymore's character to me, that little girl, Gertie. Look, she did such a good job. She did such a good job. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing about the trivia as far as that goes. But I have a feeling when they saw Drew Barrymore, they probably just told everybody else to go. Because well, she is def- she had auditioned for a different movie. She had auditioned for Poltergeist. And they didn't put her in Poltergeist, but Steven Spielberg put her in this movie because he was like, oh, I don't want her for Poltergeist. I want her for 
And that part when all three of them are looking at him at ET and they like show their faces together, I was like, y'all kind of look alike. Yes. I was I like, how did too. they do that? I was like, that was so perfect. Y'all yeah, kind of look like real siblings. Drew Barrymore isn't, she's too cute for poltergeist. Like, Be right. She was just, she a cute probably would have told that you know poltergeist I mean? off. She probably would have been like, "Oh no, you got the goat polar guys," because she was she was a little sassy Gosh. little girl. She well, I so watched cute. I watched some of the footage of like like some of the making of for the right. movie, and so they had interviews with her when she was a little girl, with you know right, during right, the right. during the filming, and she was so cute. She was like, you know, most of the sets I'm on, there aren't a lot of kids, so I don't have anybody to play with. This is my funnest movie because there's a lot of kids to play. Anyway, it was just. So Aww. cute because she was like, there's lots of kids to play with on this movie. And it was just like, <laughs> so oh, cute. it was so well, cute. And um, I, I love that he was, that Spielberg was uh, allowing them to, to improv and encouraging it. Yeah. That to me is it's like, it's natural. Mm -hmm. You're seeing the natural reactions of children. Absolutely. And I, I think that's just, it, it, you felt that. It felt so natural. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm a, um, because of Firestarter, I've always been a fan of hers but she did she was just really good like she yeah. just seemed so comfortable that's like, the thing like you know some kids just got it yeah 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 and well, in this the, movie the actress that played the mom in her little commentary during filming she said she's like you know we just we just bonded immediately she was like mm -hmm. and drew was my daughter she was like she would just come and hop and sit on my lap you know and oh. she, yeah so they had really cultivated a family dynamic she so played they had an amazing mom. She did. She did a great job. And you know, I, you know, Shelly Long was up for that. Oh. And I'm kind of happy. I, and I love me some Shelly Long. Don't absolutely. get it twisted. It would have been too big. She would have been too big. I think so. Yeah. Like it would have, the point of this was the kids. I think that mom, that actress, let me get her name. I thought she, she was perfect for the, for the part. I mean, and and what what is so what was what she did so well was show the truth of what it means to be a mom in that situation, you know. Um, yep. And a working mom. D. Wallace. Mom D. Wallace played Mary Taylor. Recently separated. Yep. Where you're having to manage all this, and let me tell you something. Something that can't happen now, but I'm pretty sure it still does. Uh, we latchkey kids. When she was leaving Drew Barrymore at the house, I said, that's so real life. She said, 10 minutes, don't touch nothing. <laughs> that was another thing. Hey, look, said, listen, that was also an 80s thing. I like, said, that's so the 80s. You can't even, you can't even portray can't that right now. Somebody uh -huh. leaving a kid. Like, oh. There was a look, child abuse movie on. She's, like, but that, the situation was very real in the house. Yes. Because it was very they were going real. through, at least going through divorce. Mm -hmm. the, it's a very bad situation. You could tell. You, I mean, not, it was rough. Situation. It was tough. It was. They it was were in. A, they situation. were. They were in the middle of it emotionally. Yeah. And they the said there's thing, a point where the little boys come across one of their father's shirts in the garage, and they're like smelling it, like mm, they to get his his cologne, you know. And the mom, just at the mention of the dad, she's trying to stay strong for the kids, but. One of the kids says the wrong thing and she she has to step away from the table. She gets emotional. And I just, I just, that was just so good to me. So well done. Because he doesn't even like Mexico. And I was like, girl, but he there now. What he needed, she needed a friend with some wine in that part. He's there now, girl. We nothing to talk about it. But that that just goes to show when 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 a mood when a character is well written, you don't need a lot of lines. She just had a couple of lines. And in those couple of lines, she was able to emote and convey all of the backstory we needed. And just that scene you're talking so about. True. I thought that was a heavy scene. Mm -hmm. Smelling the... Uh, oh. Because that is actually something... I feel like if you ever experienced loot through whatever happened... However, yeah. You, you, you had somebody gone... Who used to be there smelling a garment or something is a real thing Absolutely. like it, it, it takes you and like but the, the point is, is that that was like 60 seconds but it just without telling the story it just filled it in like, so like much. It, I, it just and that yeah. is great writing and and i have a bit 
I have a bit of trivia, bro, that could help us understand why this came through as so real. Right. Okay. So the actual idea for E.T., Spielberg got the idea and it was really kind of like, and like two ideas that he had that he kind of brought together. So he had this idea initially for a movie that would be semi-autobiographical and it was going to be based on his relationship with an imaginary friend that he invented mm. after his parents' divorce in 1960. Wow. And the imaginary friend was an alien. And so oh. that was one idea he had. And, um, and it was actually a movie that was being made, but it ended up getting shelved. And then he had another movie that he was making. It was actually called Night Skies. And it was about space aliens, but they were terrorizing a family. And he was just like, oh my gosh, it's too violent. And it gave him the idea of like, oh, we should do a movie where the alien is endearing and benevolent and not you know, terrorizing or coming to, to hurt earth and hurt people. And so it was really those two ideas that came together where he kind of like, it, it, they spawned the idea for E.T. And so this truth wow. we're seeing of children going through divorce, it was his experience. That's why I wrote. So mm-hmm. It did a That's good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other favorite part was that whenever um, the older brother was about to steal one of the, the vans from the government, we'll just call <laughs> them that. And um, he was in the van and he rolled up to his friends who were, because at this point, a whole crowd is outside. All the neighbors are there. Totally. News everyone is there police everybody and um the friends are standing at the barrier on their bikes and he just pulls up to them and he's like get our bikes meet us at the meet us at the park get the bikes the kid these friends it was no question they didn't know what was happening no they suited up and they were at the park with them watching all the friends get suited and booted and ready, putting their face masks on, sunglasses. I was just like, y'all had, y'all knew the assignment. Absolutely. Y'all knew the assignment. They were like, mm, don't say less. Yes. That's, that's what happened in that moment. Say less. Oh, we, we, there's, oh we're on it. Don't worry. <laughs> and what I also loved about, about that whole exchange was at the beginning of the movie, Elliot, again, middle child, he is there um, trying to play with his brother and his friends, right? The older brother and his friends. And they're tolerating him. You know what I mean? They're playing Dungeons and Dragons. They're into their game, yeah. okay? And Elliot's just like, can I get in? Can I play now? Can I get in? He's <laughs> just trying oh to get idea. in. Yeah, go get the pizza. And they're not shooing him away, but they're just kind of like, they're tolerating him. They're not being mean, but they're just tolerating him. And when he first sees the the alien, he tries to tell people, you know, and he tells his mom, he tells his brother and sister, he tells that group of boys and they, everybody's just not taking him seriously. And that group of boys in particular, they were making fun of him, not in a mean spirited way, but just like in a big brotherish kind of like, Oh, you saw the moon. You know, <laughs> right. you know they him how, how you would act yeah. if somebody talk about seeing the alien. Totally, totally. They just weren't regarding him seriously. And so at the end of the movie, um, you know, the, the older brother calls his friends into action. Okay. And Elliot is leading the group to save ET. So they're like a bike gang using all of their bike skills to outwit the authorities, you know, going through shortcuts and uphills and downhills. But Elliot is at the front. He gets to say to all those older boys that were making fun of him, follow me, follow my lead, you know? And it was just, it was a, it was a wonderful moment of triumph. What we'd also need to do is talk about the end of this movie. Okay. Take us there, sis. <laughs> y'all, again, I want to be very clear because y'all are going to be like, Brittany didn't like this movie. I'm be like, listen, you guys, I'm just pointing out what happened, Okay. <laughs> I'm just giving the facts as I see him. Listen, the government has set up camp at this house, okay? They have um, put all kinds of tubes. You can't get in and out without getting this special air blown on you so you're not coming out with alien cooties, infecting everybody. The police are out there. Like, it is a spectacle happening, okay? All of these people are following the boys, trying to get to them so they can keep E.T., why is E.T. taking so long to get on the ship saying goodbye to everyone individually? I was like, E.T., I really feel like you went through a lot. 
you made this phone home device out of an umbrella. <laughs> they are here now. You need to be like, it's been real, y'all. The Reese's Pieces were delicious. This plant is great. Thank you. What I should have got when I first got here, but I was looking at city lights. <laughs> Get on it's, the ship, ED. It's, it's so true, sis. I mean, there, this was, this was, you know, on the topic of like, Aubrey was saying like he preferred like action movies that were science fiction. I gotta say, in my mind, this this was like any. I was as anxious as I had been watching any car chase in any action movie. I was, I was <laughs> on the edge of my seat. Yes. Like, go! I was like, I was like I, I, those little boys, anytime they, they took a little shortcut, I was like, yes! You know, with their bike. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, if I did see that bike scene back then, that would have definitely... Totally! It was, yeah. it was so it was, good. It was for children to be yeah. like, I could I could be doing this right now. Yeah, I could be saving feet. And little boys in the 80s, we lived on our bikes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That was so perfect. And that end part that Brittany's talking about, by this point, they have been through the chase and they have successfully made it to the clearing and the ship has come down and it, the door is open. All ET needs to do for this for them to be successful is to just get on the ship. And he's doing these slow emotional goodbyes to each of the characters, and it is excruciating because you was telling like, Drew Barrymore to be good, <laughs> telling be the big good. brother thank you. <laughs> be <laughs> good, and it's like she will get on. I, 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 you know, me and Brittany often text while we're watching the movies to to the three of us for just for fun. <laughs> and I had managed to not text during this my whole viewing of the movie until that that scene. And I had to text, get on the damn ship, E.T. <laughs> and if you go back to the beginning of the movie when E.T. was about to miss the ship and he was running through the woods, E.T., not you tiptoeing to get on the ship when I just saw you running through the woods. I was like, you know what? <laughs> and also, we know he can levitate when he wants to. Why are you doing your slow little trot up the, up the ladder? Up Listen, the ramp. I said, you know what? We're not gonna do this, ET. Yeah, we are not gonna do this. Well, y'all, I I gotta say, as excruciating as that scene was, it was a very <laughs> satisfying end it to the was. movie. You know, and I think they had a lot of choices they could have made. They could have um, showed us life after ET was gone. You know, they could they could because you know, there's a lot of things they could have done. You know, they could have had the authorities actually make it to that landing site and it'd be like a chaotic scene of the ship leaving. They didn't. They made the choice for it to be peaceful and for it to end with the ship leaving. And that's where the movie ended. We didn't get to experience any of the aftermath. Um, and I really appreciate that choice because we end up being left with questions that I think questions in a good way. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I wonder if E.T., was making a commitment to continue to be in touch with Elliot when he touched his 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 head and said, you know, I'll I'll be with you. You know, I'm always here. I'm always with you here. What is that? Are you going to remain connected forever? You know? And then the other thing was that they did that was just a little interesting. All of the, of all of the authorities that the authority figures, the scientists and the the, the political officials, there was one scientist that truly was was he, he said something to Elliot along the lines of, Elliot, you don't understand. This is a miracle. He was like, since I was a yeah. little boy, I, I believed that extraterrestrials existed and I've dedicated my life to, to this. And, and it's happening right now. He's here because of you. And he said to Elliot, like, I, I'm happy that he found you because if he had found someone else, it could have gone a very different way. So he was almost thanking Elliot for taking such good care of E.T. and for supporting him. And so that one scientist did make his way to the, to the, to the departure site for the ship. And so he was there along with the family and the friends that had been on the bikes. Um, because for him, it was bigger than the expedition of the authorities to get E.T. It was about the wonder of all of it happening. Y'all, what if that was time travel? What if that was the older Elliot going back? Y'all, oh my God. Oh my God. And that's Elliot older. 
And this is why sometimes sequels <laughs> should never be made because someone w- will use this, the idea of a sequel for evil to clarify things like just, that. Oh but, um, my gosh. Well, we have talked y'all about the acting. We've talked about the characters. We've talked about this, the story arc itself. We've wait, talked about the directing. One thing we forgot to miss was the Halloween scene because it was so important. Yeah, that was so That's a good, thank you, sis. So important. <laughs> Take us there, sis. It was, they dressed E.T. up as a ghost because, well, what else are you going to make him? <laughs> and they and they put him as a ghost with just a sheet over him with two little eyes. And they had this whole plan. They were like, listen, sis, get to the clearing. We're going to meet you there. She's dressed up as a ghost, even though she's supposed to be a cowgirl. And it was this whole little plan that they were getting out of the house. The mom knew none of the difference. She just knew her kids were supposed to go trick-or-treating and come back home. And so just watching E.T. be under this blanket, just willingly. But he also saw the older brother with a fake knife through his head and his finger was coming out. <laughs> he was trying to, he was trying trying to, to kill him. him. <laughs> He was like, ouch, ouch. He was like, ouch. Ouch. He was like it's not <laughs> real. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, but no, like I can fix it. <laughs> so you have funny. an axe in your head, and, and they, I'm going to fix it. I'm gonna fix. The other part that I thought. He could, right. And the other part that I thought was really interesting, though, was E.T. saw a little kid dressed up like Yoda and started saying, like, phone home or home yes, or home, home, home. You have I given me like, an opportunity wait. to share some very interesting trivia. Yes. Trivia. Boop, boop, boop. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So, guess what? Steven Spielberg did not get permission from George Lucas, the Star Wars creator, <laughs> to do that because they were friends. They were good friends. Oh, and so, he cool. did it as a like a joke, a nod. And so, what actually happens in the Halloween scene is there is a child dressed up in a Yoda costume, and E.T. recognizes him. And, the, mm-hmm. and to Brittany's point, he 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 thinks that it, you see that he believes Yoda, that that is Yoda and that Yoda is a real person in his life. And so he says, phone home, phone home to Yoda. So Steven Spielberg, he, t- he told the story in one of the commentaries of just letting George Lucas just see, see the that scene happened. once it was all done. <laughs> and he said all George Lucas did was just give him a little nudge and, and try, kind of like tell him it was okay. Because they also played some music. Um, I, and I didn't catch it. I read about this, that um, when the kid in the Yoda costume is seen, you can hear a snippet of Yoda's theme from The oh. Empire Strikes Back. Oh, because, because the person who composed uh, E.T. also composed Empire. Ah, I love that they did that. Yes, I, I mean, I just love that. that. I just love that. And then Lucas returns the joke in a scene that takes place in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Yes. Okay, because apparently there's a shot with various senators calling out, yep. and you can see E.T. species among the Senate pods <laughs> in oh, the lower right that. corner. And in reverse, it makes the ET scene make more sense because it's like he seek somebody from he thinks it's another extraterrestrial yeah. exactly but it's specifically because he recognizes these people Yoda. from yes. you know yes absolutely but, you know, I thought that that was so cool when they did that but it's making it even more cool that it was like you know this this whole grand scheme and music attached to it and everything is I just thought that was so funny I was like he saw another alien and since you've given us you've given us a natural segue also to talk about the music for a few minutes here y'all I gotta tell y'all that that um and again I have seen this movie many times but I gotta say that music it is just so well done shout out to you John Williams composer okay because I just and again, this isn't pop songs with lyrics that we're talking about here. Okay, this is a score of music. It's a score. Oh my Ugh. gosh, y'all. It, it, it just, every single, every single so good. minute of this movie <clears throat> is well supported with music. The climactic scenes, the, 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 the times where there's heartbreak, you feel it. Okay, <sighs> when there's a triumph, the you feel government. it. Yes, the menacing <laughs> government. Oh it punctuates my it perfectly. One hundred percent. I was sitting here thinking to myself, like, this is like no shade, of course, to movies now or whatever. Clearly, I'm not like some expert, but I haven't had 
it's just recently, I think that people are getting back into doing scores for a movie. So, or even picking songs that bring you in to a scene that is happening. So it's, it's like going with every sense that you have, right? You know, you're seeing it, you're hearing it, and then you start to feel it like, this is this is something dynamic that is happening and all I was picturing in my mind was this symphony this orchestra I mean that is playing this music and it's recording so it can show where it's actually happening in the movie people who play instruments are so talented and so amazing I just was I was really just into it I said I love this so much and I don't know if Arby and I can even remember I used to own <laughs> some of those symphony tapes oh for <laughs> real yes no, I, no, for those real. ones where you were like call and it was like you know and they just keep sending them every yes, month <laughs> yes i had i had like at least five well, maybe almost 10 of them really uh i wish i still had them but they i had those tapes and so it was making me think of those tapes on that commercial that was showing you know just the different musical parts so I love but you know what it made me think of, sis? It made me think of the soundtrack from Lion King. Because that is one of those soundtracks where they have the songs that have the lyrics and the ones that, you know, got remade for the radio, you know. But they also had a lot of those, those, those pieces that were just, it was just the music and just that instrumentation to punctuate key moments, you know. And I was, I would enjoy that part of the soundtrack as much as I would enjoy, you know, yeah. Nala singing with, with, you know, with, and so it was just, and so, but sis, it's funny because my conclusion from the, like, I was appreciating the soundtrack of this movie so much that I started to think, wait a second, are movies now doing such a great job with soundtracks that we take it for granted mm. or is it not happening? in a grand way anymore. You know, I, I left with a question, like, why yeah. is this so impressive to mm -hmm. me? Yeah. You know, um, cause I mean, they have to be there. There is music is in stuff there. Yeah. There are still, everything has a, has a, every movie has a, has a composer, you know, or someone who's doing the music production. Maybe it's so seamless now that maybe just, if, if it's we aren't like, paying attention to it. It's a music score, but on the television, all the buildings are blowing up. There are 17 superheroes. Maybe that's it, the, sis. People are dying. There's are so running. much happening. We can't yeah. appreciate can't it. Sensory overload. It's so much. It's like, and now when you just have a little kid flying in the air Simplicity. in a bike with a little alien. And I think you've solved it, it, sis. That's what it is. That's what it is. I mean, there was a part. So the, the, the music for the final chase scene in the film it was so good to Steven Spielberg that mm -hmm. he had them re-edit the sequence so it could be choreographed with the music. Oh, right? So, yes, yeah, I think you, you, you've answered the question I had. I think it was just that the movie was built to, to, to enable the music. Hold, hold on one, one second, y'all. We're going to have to do a little edit. My doorbell's we, ringing, too. Yeah, I need you to go answer that tonight. Bro, you are so crazy. You are so sweet. Listen. Yes. Obviously, we had Reese's PCs delivered to our homes during the course of recording. <laughs> and listen, in oh my gosh, well, bro, you did it. Y'all, he pulled out a brother miracle. Now listen. we all magically have Reese's pieces. <laughs> I want the oh whole world, though, to know that I have two movie box sizes and Janiah just has two little bags. We clearly see who the favorite is here. Oh, I'm so enjoy your boxes because mine are <laughs> king size. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy your lesser quantity, bro. You've just helped to bring a part of the movie to life for us because mm -hmm. I mean, we we watched the little boy use Reese's pieces, he baited a trail of Reese's pieces to actually entice uh, ET to come into his home. So it's just such a critical part of the movie. So which also, thank you, I just bro. Wanna, so exciting. Again, Janine, I'm so happy you pointed that out in the beginning of the movie that they were doing this from a child's perspective because I, when I was watching it, I was like, this is such a kid move. Like, you're like, I like Reese's Pieces. 
So obviously this alien is going to like Reese's Pieces. Right. There's no reason. There's no rhyme. There's not like, oh, there's an alien commercial about Reese's Pieces. Like there's not. You just like them. Everybody likes candy. So I'm going to, you know, give them to this, <laughs> yes. give them to this being, to this yes. alien. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So I just, I love that part where it was just, you know, him having that. Oh gosh, y'all, we've hit all the categories. Now we've talked yeah. about music, you know, um, are we ready to, to go to a vote? Let's I mean, yeah, I, I, this is definitely on my rotation now, you know? Got your so pieces, bro. I got it. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Reese's pieces. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, bro. I was trying to not give this tidbit, but the fact that you did that little voice, I have to give this one last year, y'all. There were 18 voices and sounds that contributed to E.T.'s voice. Oh. So it was animals and it was um, the the actual music producer. He was telling the story in one of the videos and he was like, yeah, some of it was like my, my kids I know, you know, <laughs> belching and, you know, he just collected all of these sounds and these animal sounds. And then he also hired a woman named Pat Welsh, who was a heavy smoker. And she was actually the primary voice of E.T. <laughs> and y'all, she was paid $380 for nine hours of recording time. Wow. And, but, but again, it wasn't just her voice. He included like raccoons, horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven Spielberg's voice was incorporated. Uh, Deborah Winger's voice was incorporated. But to get to those, those sounds, there was, there, it wasn't just somebody sitting around saying, oh, no, <gasps> he, he put up, there was a lot of layers wow. to get to that. And, and again, when something is so well done, you don't think about that complexity, mm. you know, but that was 18 different voices and sounds it to get to like, that. And, and you know, it's home, funny because, <laughs> because even watching practical effects was great. Yeah. You know, like, so I'm just saying all that attention to detail you're talking yeah. about is what it contributed mm -hmm. to this overall experience. Yeah. Well, I'm getting my Reese's Pieces to say, yeah, this movie gets my Reese's Pieces, y'all. And I got to say, part of it for me, um, and I, I'm always on this, on this, trying to figure out what is that line between, this is just a really good movie, and it's something that needs to be considered iconic. You know, and for me, what made this movie so special was the fact that it was filmed from a children's point of view, you know, and you felt that the entire time, you know, and I just thought, gosh, that is just so unique. And through this discussion, I'm, I'm further appreciating the simplicity that it was the result of that, that methodology in the filming and how somehow, even with things being conveyed very simply, we walked away with a very complex story, you know? And um, the other thing to me that's like, yeah, you know what, this movie was, what, what makes this movie iconic, it was, um, it was the emotional roller coaster, you know? Um, sometimes if you're watching a movie and it's good and you're enjoying it, you're, it can still be good, but you're just observing the characters go through something. When I was watching this movie, I was going through something. Mm -hmm. I mean, how long has it been since I had a movie that actually made me scream out at the screen? Yeah. I was literally in the living room by myself, like, hey, that audience. Or that well of emotion when they were flying across the moon. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm tearing up right now. I cried, I think, maybe two or three times, you all. Just mm -hmm. not, not boo hoo, but like tearing up because I was so emotionally involved. And so for those reasons, yes, this movie gets my Reese's Pieces. That's right. <laughs> well, I will tell you, this movie is definitely a classic for me. It is something that for future kids and nieces and nephews, I'm definitely going to be showing it to them. I appreciate how they did do an alien movie. Oftentimes you are seeing aliens come and harvest people and do all of these different things. Yeah. But really, it was just- Some movie. nice aliens. Is it right? Just totally. a little botanist alien that was really excited to see the lights and, you know, just all these different things. And I just appreciate that. And I also appreciated um, watching siblings come together Such to kind of, you know, 
that of course they're like trying to hide this alien from their mom so they're essentially <laughs> kind of lying to her and it's even funny just watching how sometimes parents can be preoccupied and not really thinking about it and the little girl's literally like he's right here and he he's just he is literally right there but the right mom there. is caught up in her stuff she's trying to put groceries up she has cleaning uh, her cleaners bags and here he is he's walking to and fro drunk and so <laughs> it just it really it was such a real movie the way they did it like mm-hmm. you can really think that this is happening in california somewhere right now mm-hmm. so anyway with all those things and everything that we talk about and more it definitely gets my racing pixies ah! y'all well there you have it uh et the extraterrestrial is a classic from the right perspective thank you all for for joining us for this episode but also just for being with us this year you know we're wrapping 2022 with you and thank you for that it's been a great great year happy new year everybody thank you for listening and watching bye love you bro love you